Welcome, dear friends, to the Pink Isle. And today, we shall be flying to the moon and living among the stars. Get ready to see what life is like on Jupiter and Mars. Yes. Space. The final frontier. One small step for dolls, one giant leap for dull kind. Yes, any other space cliches we can incident because... To boldly go where no Barbie has gone before. Uh, yes, so uh, it is I, Henry Kathman, and Emma Corey, because we You're both are Henry going to be Kathman watching... and Emma Corey at the same time? Yeah. yeah, I was speaking both of us collectively. So a Barbie Starlight Express... Here we go. No, no, no. <laughs> Barbie Starlight, Starlight Express. No, you are not pulling that Andrew Lloyd Webber train crap onto <laughs> this, the sacred realm of the Pink Isle. I will never, there I will is never much understand that I am willing to taint this. why Cats is considered the big, weird Andrew Lloyd Webber musical when Starlight Express exists. But I really oh, it's cannot. because they're ignorant. I cannot wait to it's, see it's a horrible CGI adaptation by, uh, you know, in 2030. <laughs> I'll say this. No matter what they do, it's probably still going to inexplicably be big in Germany. Can't wait to see that uh, groundbreaking uh, human to train technology. Yeah. Anyway, this movie is thoroughly so not that. One last thing okay, on Starlight okay, Express. Yeah. So, so if if cats, you could hypothetically say appeals to furries. Does Starlight Express appeal to like those like people that make like the anthropomorphized like airplane like sexy airplane art on like DeviantArt? Is there like a train subset of that? Because I feel like there is. So, Barbie's Starlight Adventure, 2016's movie, stars Barbie as a, quote, space princess as she is setting off on a great journey in order to uh, help the planet, which is having their stars uh, slowly burn out. She is literally stopping the end, the heat death of the universe. So, uh, at least this is what people have talked about when it comes to this movie. I know. I'm real. Uh, I'm real hyped for this one. I'm just interested. I to am see real hyped for this one as it's well. It's Barbie yeah. in space. Okay, like we've we've yes. reached the final frontier. You know, like. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but as this podcast has demonstrated, there are a lot of territories with this set of stories that. I feel like have been relatively unexplored with the Barbie series. Like, I mean, considering how many potential adaptations they could do, like now that we've gotten away from the sort of traditional fairy tales, we've done superhero movies, we've done spy movies. Now we're doing science fiction. I feel like there's still like stuff that they could potentially do with this one. 
don't know. Can't wait to I, see a Barbie neo-noir. Oh, oh. I'm still holding out for the Barbie cyberpunk adventure. Oh, that would be fun. Like, you know, that'd be I cool. was, I was, yesterday I made a discovery. Have you ever seen Mad Men? Uh, not really. Uh, Emma, as you might know, my, most of my television watching preferences rarely go outside of the realms of the non-animated. Yeah, so I recently discovered that apparently uh, Mattel once released a special edition Barbies of the character. Special edition Mad Men. Mad Men Barbies. So I'm like, maybe that's the crossover we deserve. Like... I mean, Barbie can be Barbie's... an advertising mogul, you know. She can really own oh, the boardroom with her uh, advertising skills and like cheat on her spouse. Ooh, that'd be an interesting Oof. way to go. That would be. It wouldn't be the worst crossover thing with Barbie. I don't know. When you look at, I don't know how much you've looked into the realm of like special edition Barbie dolls, but like. They've done quite a number of these, especially when it comes to uh, like special tie-ins, like the ones with Mad Men. They recently, uh, I say recently when this was recorded, uh, made some waves with the Barbie Star Wars crossover. They've made fashion versions of like Darth Vader, Princess Leia, Padme. I mean, we already got a Barbie Darth Maul lightsaber in the last movie, so you know, not that big of a stretch. That's true. They also, I don't know how legit these are, but they also did a Marvel crossover. Yeah. Like, there's a Barbie Mystique doll. You see, Which, the thing is, though, like, sort of superhero and, like, Star Wars stuff, even though, like, more general audiences like them, they're still kind of considered, like, franchises yeah, that are really niche. marketed to kids, where Mad Men very much is not, so I think that's kind That's of true, that's true. Oh, Barbie meets Barbie and the Walking Dead. That that's one that's premier. that's a genre that Barbie hasn't really tapped in. They haven't really done a straight kind of like Halloween special or like a horror Barbie. Oh my god! I mean, we already discovered that Mattel also apparently owns Monster High, so I guess the chances of that sort of crossover are are diminished. But it'd be interesting. But on the subject of today's movie, Emma. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the first place that you heard of this movie was probably on Tumblr, where there was that post showing how, uh, wow, Barbie looks a lot like this Mass Effect character. Oh, yeah. Also, Barbie in this movie kind of has, like, Elsa hair, so... Yep. It is a, a very modern Barbie, as they all say. A very modern Barbie and a a Barbie movie that I believe will at least be interesting. Like, I feel like the biggest flaw with some of these movies is that they're just ridiculously boring without a lot of, like, stuff to really bite into from a conversation standpoint. Yeah, I don't know. I'm almost worried. Like, what if we put our expectations too high for this one? Well, we're going to be disappointed. 
I do hope not. Uh, I hope not, but I mean, I feel like at the very least, the novelty of watching Barbie in this new setting would will present some interesting things. Uh, but before we begin the movie today, uh, I just wanted to run through the directors and writers as per usual. Uh, no one really notable returning on the cast. Like, we still got Erica Lindbeck as Barbie. And, uh, yeah, I'm not seeing anyone else of note. The next... Oh, my goodness. I... <laughs> um, as the... As... A guy named Leo, I have no idea who he is, uh, we got Robbie Damon, who fans of Final Fantasy XV might know as Prompto, as well as uh, voicing Hubert in Fire Emblem Three Houses, Goro in Persona 5, and Spider-Man in the 2017 Spider-Man animated series that absolutely... No one has any issues with that. Oh, everyone's favorite one. It does kind of feel like uh, Marvel animated shows haven't really picked off that well after the Disney buyout. They mostly tend to. Okay, just... you say that. Uh, I I kind of liked Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Like they did a that was a nice integration, even though Disney promptly canceled it later on to do it another Avengers show. And I hear good things about the animated Guardians of the Galaxy show. And then we also got everyone's you're not favorite wrong. Uh, Hulk Agents of Smash. Uh, the one that's uh, edited like a fever li- dream. Listen, I'm just holding out. <laughs> yeah, I'm just holding out for another another show like Spectacular Spider-Man. Which spectacular Spider-Man? I will be. Yeah, spectacular, spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a rad show, really rad show. Uh, but one other thing that I I wanted to note: uh, Robbie Damon also voices Jesse in the season two of Infinity Train. Which listeners, you might know, I'm a big fan of that show. Oh no, Henry, your niche is coming. I know. I know it's it's all coming together, uh, but aside from that, uh, returning as director from Barbie and the Great Puppy Adventure, we got Andrew Tan as director. Who, as we noted, he did other things for uh, Barbie Life in the Dream House, and uh, as I mentioned in the past, was a animation was in the animation department for Redwall, which. That's a, that's another show I'm really into. Does Redwall uh, actually ever have any kind of red wall in it? Yeah, Redwall Abbey. It it's named after like the red color that the stone gained from erosion. They probably should have named it something a bit more literal, you know, so you know what you're getting into. They should have called it like mice with swords or something. <laughs> Yeah, what you know when you get to the pearly gates and meet Brian Jakes, let him know. That. I will. I'll <laughs> let him that. know it very, very loudly. I feel like that's yeah. a thing with a lot uh, of those but... uh, animal shows, like you know, Watership Down. It's not called like rabbits that fight. <laughs> it's called Watership Down. I mean, 
How many... Which makes no sense. I mean, how many TV shows do you know that are super literal? Like, story... Like, they don't call Slaughterhouse-Five, like, time-traveling trauma victim well, or... let me... Uh, okay, so Infinity Train, it's about a train that goes on into infinity. There. That's very descriptive. Uh, I mad mean, Men, it's about yeah. men that are mad... Well, they're not really mad, but they oh, are. Oh yeah, they're Breaking men. Bad. Why don't they just name that one Meth Dudes? Well, Breaking Bad, but it is a man who who is, you know, Breaking Bad. They say it in the show. Okay, I think they never. <laughs> I think we're being a little selective on this one, but all right. Um, uh, Friends. Well, that one's actually pretty misleading because none of those people really seem like they're that they like each other that much. So. Put that yeah, in the pile. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, on the subject of writers, just derailing me over <laughs> here, uh, we got uh, Casey Arnold, uh, who is returning from writing uh, on Spy Squad, uh, but being joined for an additional writer's credit by Kate Boutelier. Uh She, Emma, you'll be excited to hear this, she's been... Uh, she has a lot of writing credits. Like, she's been working all the way back in the 80s, like, doing episodes of Baywatch and Growing Pains, uh, and even an episode of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. But, uh... See, that's a very descriptive TV show title. It shows you what it is. Okay, it's yes. But in addition to that, in addition to that, she did a lot of work with Klasky Kuspo which, as you might know, resulted in different shows, including Ah, Real Monsters, The Wild Thornberries, and Rugrats, as well as All G Grown Up. So she has writing credits for a bunch of those different types of episodes. And also, she uh, was a writer for both The Rugrats and Paris the Movie, as well as Rugrats Go Wild, which... <laughs> Again, two two examples of very descriptive titles that tell All you right. what you're getting involved in. But she would end up sticking with the franchise even past this, even doing stuff for the Barbie uh, Dreamtopia TV series. So I suspect that she probably did a decent job with this one. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think... It's time for us to set phasers to uh, light years, infinity, and bed, bath, and beyond. Engage. It's Barbie in space. What more do you need to know? Barbie Starlight Adventure! Galaxy Mission! Lift off! Fly flying kitty! Together up to the sky! Flying through the constellations! Each sold separately, batteries not included. Barbie Starlight Adventure movie available September 13th, not rated. You can be anything. And we're back. I'm yep. a bit of a loss for words right now. The, uh, this movie is wild. <laughs> Just that so is a many. way to describe it. This is, yeah. this is truly the Jupiter ascending of Barbie films. It's... Yeah, you are 
definitely not wrong. People are probably going to love it or hate it, but it sure is baffling, but also kind of cool. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's got a cool production design, and they seem to have had like at least some idea with this one, but at the same time, it's you're not really sure if this was the best way that they could have executed on this one. This movie is very much like... They didn't really half-ass the sci-fi element in this one. They're going full, like, cyberpunk, alien planets, alien creatures, you know, like... Yeah. It, it, I didn't really I realize till like, towards the end that this movie came out like not too long after the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie and if anything that's you can see a lot of the influence in this movie with like that sort of like snarky oh, yeah. team dynamic and like the kind of aesthetic it, the... like that sort of like neon space aesthetic it goes for so yeah. it's definitely got yeah. those vibes yeah I feel like the best way you could describe this movie from a plot perspective like I think when we were going into this, we were expecting something more akin to Star Trek or, uh, I don't know, Mass Effect. Like, probably because, like, the designs that we did see had that sort of vibe. But honestly, yeah, the best way to describe this movie is it has the structure and plot plotting of Jupiter Ascending, but a lot of the aesthetic choices of Guardians of the Galaxy with obviously the pink sort of Barbie flair that we're used to in these movies. It is so and the it is just is... so strange to see how like these Barbie movies have evolved and how like a lot of the basic kind of tropes and formulas they found somehow managed to like be like translated into like such a different kind of like out there kind of movie. Like yeah, this movie I feel like is wrong. very fascinating. Like this yeah, when you compare this to, like, the early Barbie movies, the ones that people hold up and say are the best of the best that they don't make like they used to, like, this Barbie movie has a lot of the same DNA. It has a lot of the same sort of characterizations established with Barbie. It has a lot of the same sort of hijinks that you come to expect from this writing team, which makes sense because a lot of the people even though the writers and the directors change from movie to movie, like they are still coming through that same pipeline of Barbie productions. And as a result, you end up seeing a lot of overlap in the staff. And so even if they do end up tackling a strange plot, a plot that isn't like expected, there's still a comforting element to it where like, like, no matter what genre they seem to attempt to get, you kind of always know what you're going to get with these, in a manner of speaking. Yeah, and this movie tries to do some, like, highbrow, like, sci-fi concepts, but the way it's executed is very half-baked, I feel. Like, there is so we much say this, stuff yeah. in this movie where it's kind of, like, so a bit much overwhelming stuff. with just how much... That's the word I was going to use to describe it. It feels like, like there were say... many, many different ideas, and they just kind of put them all on the plate. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, we say this so many times, like, nearly every episode, but, like, 
almost every one of these movies feels like a backdoor pilot to like a TV show. And I would be a lot more interested in seeing what it would be like if they developed this into a TV show. Because based off of the dynamics that they've set up with this movie, like, I don't know. they You got your classic five-man band type uh, party structure. And because of that, it feels like there was a lot of places you could go with this one. Like... I don't know, the idea of, like, Barbie and her crew visiting new planets each week and solving different problems, like... Yeah, it definitely has that kind of, like, classic, like, Cartoon Network, like, sci-fi show feel to it, you know? Mm. And just like every Cartoon Network sci-fi show from Green Lantern to Young Justice, it was ended way too quickly. uh, Rest in peace, symbiotic titan. You'll be in Uh, my heart. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe that that is kind of why, like, Barbie recently has translated into, like, television shows, like, serialized shows instead of, like, movies Yeah, with Life in the Dream House and uh, Dreamtopia. I feel like the people behind these movies have started to realize, hmm, well, we could probably get a lot more mileage out of these characters if we actually gave them time. And... The fact of the matter is, is that the direct-to-DVD market isn't necessarily the go-to place for C-tier children's entertainment anymore. Like, with yeah, the onset they watch of Netflix the, uh, and stuff. They watch uh, Johnny Johnny Yes Papa on, uh, on YouTube. That's where the real uh, yeah. children's Ugh. CGI children's entertainment is at these days. <laughs> mm, that's more like... DT like here's how I equivalent like here's how I categorize that sort of entertainment like the Johnny Johnny yes pop pop finger family stuff that's sort of the equivalent of those degrade VHS tapes that were at a grocery store checkout uh like that's the sort of quality stuff you would expect versus stuff that's like a netflix original that's more like the saturday morning cartoon yeah netflix has kind of become the new sort of dumping ground for like straight to streaming stuff did you hear Mm -hmm. of the woody woodpecker movie that was on netflix they made like a alvin and the chipmunks stop yogi bear style like it was really big in brazil oh no yeah, so this movie, um, I guess it's kind of hard to tell where to start with this movie. So I just want to, we're just going to, actually, before we start, I just want to highlight some of the interesting merch that was made for this movie. Uh, first thing is that, like, when, uh, when you search for, like, Barbie... Uh, Starlight Adventures like toys like you do get the dolls but the first result is actually this special drone like remote control drone with Barbie perched on top of it yeah and then alongside that there's like a Barbie perched on top of the drone yeah yeah it's like I mean 
this is not the only of its type with could these you, types. Could you, like, of, combine it with, yeah. like, that one Barbie that had, like, a camera in her chest and you could, like... oh jesus uh i mean perhaps but i don't know this i don't know the toys in this movie are i don't know i'm just i'm just going back i'm just imagining a scenario where like you look out your window one night and you just see like the barbie drone like like yeah If, yeah, I don't know if I want to go in that deep on that one, but, <laughs> but in addition to that, I don't know who's making this thing, but uh, there's a website called Island Betting who makes these custom car seat covers, and the third result is a custom car seat cover of the, like, poster to Barbie Starlight Adventure. I'm going to send a picture of that, and I'm going to be sure to post this on the Twitter, y'all. Don't you worry. At PinkAlPod.com uh, uh, on Twitter. But get, take a look at that. Here, let me see. Yeah, like... Like... <laughs> like, what? What's going on there, buddies? Like... You were supposed to get the Elsa covers. <laughs> yeah. We have Elsa covers at home. The Elsa covers <laughs> at home. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting cuz like the weirdest thing is that this post that poster that's depicted on that car seat cover I see nowhere else in any of the advertising. So Oh yeah, I, I forgot to try- mention. I had read it up a bit on this movie. Apparently, it was released in theaters in a few places. It was released in in theaters. So, like, sad confession time. I was aware of this movie because I saw Brad Jones do a review of it. Shame, shame. I listen, listen. I liked listening to his whole midnight release video series. He talked about how he smoked a joint before going to watch this movie, and I'm just like... This movie's already kind of confusing as is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it has a lot of pretty colors. <sighs> but let's get in... Let's get into this. So, this movie uh, starts with a narration, which already is a good sign in indicating how... Uh, naturally they're going to be conveying the world building of this movie but there's a narrator that's talking about how the solar system and the galaxy and all of the stars in there they're dancing in a rhythm and when they fall out of rhythm with the rest of the universe there will be no more light and so very very uh very clear uh in conveying exactly what the situation we find ourselves in the yeah, stars like aren't there's a dancing. There's also a prophecy. Where the prophecy comes from, who gave it, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But it's, it's like you know, in the early Barbie the movies, where it's like she's got the yeah. spark in the in the eye. It's like that kind of yeah. BS, you know. Yeah, she's she's the chosen. Mm-hmm. Like they call her the one in this, which show. is it's, like just doesn't feel very necessary for this movie. 
Like No. They could have cut the whole why... chosen part out and it wouldn't really change anything. It really wouldn't have. But I feel like they like for some reason these movies like making Barbie the special and for some reason. I don't know why. Like maybe it's like a brand thing, but oh my it's... God, Barbie is such a Mary Sue. She has powers, oh and it's not even like explained. Uh, she that she it's doesn't... shown that she can repair her hoverboard, and as well as being able to use the force. Oh yeah, Barbie and does. They don't even establish. Barbie does yeah. have the force in this movie for some reason. Yeah, there's also that's another thing. Like just random characters have like powers. But it's not really explained. Like, is yeah, this something don't show like the all people this can movie, do? Kids. Is some, are these special? Are these like the X Men? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. So, especially since so, their yeah. powers mostly don't come into play in the movie that much, except for yeah, few, which is one scenes. of those things where you think that this would like it would lend itself more to a more serialized long-form narrative like i feel like putting this as a tv show would benefit it because like it would give them a chance to like establish their personalities more as well as like give them a chance to actually showcase some of their powers but as it is they don't really come up that much at least for one character which we'll get to but yeah so there's a prophecy saying that the stars will eventually die out and it's going to be up to the king to save the whole universe well that's what the king thinks so this universe it has a king but it's unclear if he's like the king of like the whole universe or if he's just the king of the one planet or yeah even in space, we can't escape absolute monarchies. I know. This one is even worse because apparently he rules a whole planet, not just like... Yeah. Or are they on a planet that they go to? Or, 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 they are in, or, or are they in some kind of like sky city that lives in like the galaxy? It's hard to say because like the, the city is in the clouds and we don't see the surface of the planet. So we don't... It's, so, I don't know. The city might just be floating around. Yeah. Anyway, so there's this galaxy with a bunch of plants. We meet Barbie, and she's on what I can only assume is a discal uh, Pandora from Avatar. Where yeah, they are... say it's like a nature preserve type thing. But yeah, she lives on a nature it's, preserve. It's called Paradin. Paradin. And she's going around, and she also has like animal empathy or something like animals like yeah her. she can communicate with animals sort of and so and that is the, the thing they did go pretty all out with the creature design because we got a bunch of like weird alien animals all around yeah so. they're like these giant toucan bird things with like frilly feathers you got these big giraffe things that like are purple but they have like these big plumes like Credit to, like, the designers. You get the impression that they were probably having a fun time being able to design all these weird creatures. Yeah, and so, and we see... Although most of the creatures end up, like, just being birds. Like, different variations of birds. A lot of birds. A lot of just animals that are just uh, earth animals, but with, like, some extra stuff on them. Yeah. But Barbie is walking around. She has a hover she has her hoverboard so we're getting into some uh, treasure planet territory here 
See, yeah. it all comes back, Henry, because in the first episode, we were talking about <laughs> Treasure Planet, and now we got Barbie Treasure Planet. Yeah? Yeah. You're not wrong. It really makes you think. But uh, I kind of <laughs> want to talk about how the musical numbers are dealt with, because this movie is kind of a musical. But it's yeah. really weird, because like... There will be, like, a song in the background. Like, it's just, like, a song in the background. But then, like, sometimes Barbie will be, like, singing along with the song. But, like, she's not, like, singing yeah. about herself. It's just, like, a song. Like, she has, like, a song playing in her head. She's just singing. It's very strange how they do it. Yeah, the way that the songs are integrated isn't great. Like, I don't know. It feels like a lot of these music numbers just end up sort of distracting from, like, what we're supposed to be focusing on. And I don't know. It's not like the songs aren't awful, except for this one later song that we'll get to. But, like, but it feels like just something that's sort of unnecessary. And I feel like that's, like, kind of the biggest problem with a lot of these movies. Well, at least with this movie, it feels like we have this opportunity to, like, explore some of these cool things and explore this universe. But because we're doing these sort of wacky hijinks and these interjected musical numbers, we don't really get to enjoy that. Yeah, I don't know. It almost feels like like they they wanted to do a sort of like a different kind of story with this movie, but then it was kind of like mandated. They had to add these sort of like scenes and tropes that kind of are associated with these movies put in there. Yeah. And it feels a bit yeah. disjointed in that way. Also, it doesn't mm-hmm. help that like this one kind of has the same problem with spy squad where like you never really feel the stakes of the situation because they never establish what exactly is going to happen if the stars go out. It's all very yeah. vague as to what it's very the stakes vague, are. but like, yeah, maybe it's because like I've been watching a lot of this game called The Outer Wilds, which, listener, if you don't know, it's a really cool indie game about like a space explorer like unlocking the mysteries of their solar system as the universe is ending and it's got a lot of i don't know i couldn't help but like think of this game while i was watching this movie and like the notion of the stars disappearing spells nothing out to me except the death of the universe and it's just like yeah but no one ever really like uh questions their mortality in these films yeah no one seems that concerned about this like the notion of having to save the universe like it's like these movies will have these high concepts but they can never let like the stakes of the protagonist rise anymore like oh i gotta do the thing and prove myself and proms tomorrow no (laughs) yeah i don't know i i feel like actually dealing with some of that like we get just the tiniest morsel the tiniest taste of like one of the characters talking about like, Ugh, I can't imagine how awful it would be to live in a universe without stars. Like, and it, that, I don't know. I wish that there were more notes of that in this movie. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but 
after the but opening yeah, sequence, we are... Uh, yeah, she's flying around, and she's hanging out with these animals. And, listener, this movie, if if you're going to watch this movie, which I'm going to... Spoiler alert. I'm going to recommend you watch this movie, but mostly just so you can see, like, some of the great imagery and visuals that... Yeah, this movie is her. really pretty. Like, this is a gorgeous... It is a really pretty movie. Which Like, some of the locations actually, they go to are just, like... Definitely, yeah, maybe they, some of Barbie's best, honestly. Like, yes, and their background work, like I can't think of a sing. Well, maybe Fairytopia, but that was mostly because the palette was so oversaturated. But like, there are very few Barbie movies that I can look to and say that, oh god, the production design on that one's not great. Actually, no, Barbie and the Secret Door. That one was, Ugh, oof, that one hurt my eyes. That one hurt. Are, but they've really struck in a nice balance with this one. And the result is a lot of, like, diversity within the locations. Like, good science fiction stories, like, are able to, like, make their worlds visually distinct from one another. And, I don't know, are able to give us the impression that, oh, they are really traveling through the galaxy. And I think they did a decent job with that. But, yeah, so she's flying around and she comes home where she's greeted by her dad her hot dad and who looks like I'm, he's like 20 <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know he's got a little bit of that salt and pepper look a little bit hair. he looks like some actor to which i he does not. look like some actor it's like you ever it's see you. like those characters that's just like that looks like some actor but i cannot put my finger yeah. on which one <laughs> yeah i mean there are plenty of generic straight cis white dudes that probably look like him so if you are I, able to identify the hot dad from barbie starlight adventure tweet at us at pink isle pod hey we don't know he's straight he might be a bi king that's or pan king yeah yeah or an arrow ace yeah it's possible for them to yeah anyway so in addition to his her dad we meet uh popcorn which is like a inflation fetish uh <laughs> uh so it's you totally stole that joke for me from when we were watching the movie I but know. okay that's how that's how i roll you should have said original joke do not steal tmtmccc uh but uh yeah, so popcorn. I don't know. What's your impression of popcorn? Popcorn is kind of scary. I don't <laughs> like. So the whole deal with this thing is that it's a creature that will transform into anything. And it's a mystery what it's going to transform into. So it's kind of like the, the demons from the, the Golden Compass... His, his dark, dark yeah. instruments, whatever. I always mix up the title to that series to the the the, the mortal the mortal instruments. instruments. Yeah, they've got young adult generic. titles are the same. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, it should come as no surprise that Barbie in this movie has dead mom syndrome because yeah, she, she died has, like, from dead mom itis. Because we yeah. never learned what she died from. Yeah. And that, so know. it's just been her and her dad living 
on their own, essentially in this uh, the Jetsons' house on this planet. Yeah, in the trees as they're they walk on these disc walkways with like no railing or anything up in the canopy of these trees, and I'm just like, I have a feeling there was some kind of like. There's middle some, adult like, like young thing. adult like series that is also like a girl and her father living in the wild in their treehouse. Like I feel like that's a premise I've seen somewhere else. Mims Island? Maybe. Did she have her dad with her in that one? Or like any adult? I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah. So they're feeding these giraffe things with like all these seeds that they have and barbie is training up her strange force she has like telekinetic powers but she has to like sing to do them yeah like i think it's implied that she's singing along with the song of the universe or something like that Mm, and because of that very bs just like (laughs) When the universe what are you is in talking balance, about? This is a definitely and everything will be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so she tunes into this and is able to feed the animals, and then it is later revealed that oh, her father has received a summon from the king, because apparently Barbie is like the winner of a regional like hoverboard competition thing which i don't know what regional means in space but okay like that star sector the solar system i don't know uh but he's looking for volunteers in order to uh work with this task force that will assist him in saving the universe so yeah again we don't really know what this guy's authority is but he can just uh summon yeah um well we're gonna see some of the weird powers that he has on hand oh uh, yeah later on, but we did get introduced what? to him earlier maybe we should talk about the king character so... yeah so the king so i want to add a little addendum so earlier i mentioned that like oh yeah there's not really a whole lot of other people of note in the voice cast uh aside from erica lynn beck and robbie damon but eh, that's actually not necessarily fair to the other members of the cast like for starters michael chandler is the guy who's voicing uh barbie's dad who is apparently starring in a bunch of like major upcoming things like he's starring in the two rl stein fear street movies have you heard of those? This is the first time I have heard of whatever that oh, is. Oh, yeah. It's Fear Street 1 and 2. I don't know, but he's in a lot of other TV shows, including that All right, um, right, is that a amazing... spinoff to uh, Step Off to the Streets? Huh. Uh, <laughs> but he's also starring in that one Steven Spielberg Apple TV thing called Amazing Stories. Uh, you ever see well a trailer at, for something and be like, you know, that looks like it could be entertaining, and then it's on Apple TV, and you're like, well, that was a waste not of my watch interest. That. <laughs> yeah, so he's in that. But more notably, we got like pretty acclaimed character and voice actor Dwight Schultz in this, who 
listener, the he was uh, Lieutenant Barclay in Star Trek First Contact, as well as having voice roles in everything from Crash Bandicoot, Ben 10 Omniverse, Final Fantasy X, and most notably, at least in our opinion, Chowder. He's Mung. Yeah. Lighters. He's Mung. No money means Lighters. no animation. <laughs> yeah, but, like, this dude's been... I feel sorry, Mr. Like, Mr. Schultz. I I want to apologize. Like, you've been a very consistent voice actor since the 1980s. Like, I, like, I I want to apologize because you did. You've done some good work, and I want to recognize that. But, but yeah. In addition to that, like, so he so. Dwight Schultz is voicing the king, who basically looks like Space Alan Cumming. He's like he's definitely the most cyberpunk looking one. He's got like Yeah, he's got this cool cybernetic implant pads. on the back. Yeah. He's he's like, got a look. Yeah, I, I will say this, like the background extras and like the costume design for these characters also is like pretty on point for most of this movie like when they're not wearing the things that are clearly meant to be the toy costumes like yeah there is one outfit barbie wears and you can almost like feel the fabric that they would use yeah yeah in the toys yeah and it makes me like kind of lament like man i would have liked it better if they just made a like made a Barbie toy with her whole Mass Effect outfit because that's like kind of the coolest one. Hmm. Even though it makes them all look the same, but I don't know. They could sort of tap into that sort of action figure market, but yeah. But King Cornelius, he's under the King Constantine. Idea that he, oh, Constantine. Yeah. Oh my God, it is Constantine. Ha! Huh. Historical it's illusion. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's he's under the impression that only he can save the universe by doing a sci-fi mumbo jumbo, establish an electrical field, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, heart of the universe. The specifics he- don't matter that much. All we know is that he's summoning a ragtag gang of teenagers to do his work for him. And they don't play by his rules. He's like yeah. he's like that uh, far quad scene where he's like some of you may die but that is a sacrifice I am willing to make. Now, I feel like that's somewhat unfair to him. He's not like full on Republican, but he is definitely. Uh, I don't, don't know. really know what he, qualified him to be who he is, but you know. Yeah, he doesn't seem outright right militia. So he just seems mostly vain and like way too uptight in order to listen to anyone else, which isn't a good quality for a ruler. Don't get us wrong, but. Yeah. Again, a little bit depressing that space monarchy exists. <laughs> yeah. So Barbie's unsure about the volunteering, but she listens to her mom's music box that has this I Can Be Anything I Dream song. It's like the theme song to this movie. And because of that, she's decided that she is going to follow her heart 
and not play by the rules in order to help save the universe. Interesting note, they keep on fluctuating by saying saving the universe and saving the galaxy, which those are two very different things. Are they? Well, I mean, yeah, the the galaxy is just... So it seems like like all these planets live in, like, one galaxy because they have, like, the center planet, so there's one in the center, but, like... Yeah, but they they say... They fluctuate between saving the universe and saving the galaxy in terms of their phrasing, and both of those have communicate very different stakes, which I think speaks to the fact that, like you said earlier, there's just a very large lack of urgency within this movie. Yeah, or like really clear sense as to what's going on. <laughs> yeah, points. so, but already they she arrives at the royal planet and she says goodbye to her dad who gives her a sweet new hoverboard. Royal planet slash uh, Vegas strip. Yeah, sure. Complete with a giant gaudy statue. It is there that she starts to meet some of the other uh, team members that she's working with, uh, including Sal Lee, who is like this. Get it? It's like Sally, but it's like a hyphen in it. Yeah. Yeah, so when it comes to this movie and it com- when it comes to, like, the different fan art, like, the biggest thing that I have found is that, like, people be shipping Barbie and Sally. They do have a fun dynamic in this movie. Yeah, they're not... I kind of do... I feel like that is somewhat of a saving grace with this yeah, movie. They, they got the good her... old uh, Barbie two-girl uh, rival to friendship thing going on. Yeah, except the rivalry isn't even that, like, malicious or, like, I don't know, toxic, as we've seen in, like, some of these other types of movies. But I don't know, it... It's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't know. I I think I would have liked a little bit more of her characterization because she seemed like a lot of things in this movie. It seems like they kind of rush into like her just like kind of being on board, except she's still always smug and sarcastic the whole way through. I mean, I don't know. It's just the kind of thing we don't really get enough time with each of the characters. They kind of get just their one traits at the moment. Yeah. And so then we're introduced to some of the other team members. Uh, There's this one Shawn Mendes looking kind of dude. (laughs) Yeah. Who. He's also the only like non-powered one of the group, so. Yeah, and then we're going to be, well, he's the pilot, and then we got these two superpower twins, and I actually want to talk about them a little later, because Barbie is going to be taken to her room, where we get more of these two, like, they're not fairies, These weird, like, small women that float and are, like, like the servants. It's another one of those weird, like, kind of fairy slave things that they have in these movies for some reason. But, like, even yeah. less explanation in this movie. Oh, also, we forgot to mention that uh, the that, um, the king can just, like, teleport them 
automatically to the castle without them knowing. Okay, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of surveillance state have we gotten to where the, the ruler can just teleport people wherever? Like, are people chipped? Does is teleportation power that advanced? All all options are very upsetting to think about. But yeah, yeah, I I don't know. There's there's just a lot with that and i don't know i feel like where we differ i feel like maybe because princess charm school is more closer to real life and there isn't like this sort of hand wavy sci-fi stuff that kind of distracts away from that there's sort of i feel like it ended up bothering me slightly less in this movie. Yeah, I don't think it's as bad as Princess Charm School. It's just, like I said, it's just another strange thing to think about, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, she's given the task that, oh, there's a party for you, and we got it, and we established that, oh, Barbie's defining trait in this one is she's quirky, she's late, and she's clumsy. She has literally one job. Like, one job, Barbie. Yeah. But she's also but she's... the most qualified of everyone because she's special, because there's a prophecy, and she's got starlight yeah. powers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm bemoaned to unironically spout the term marry sue because but i don't know i feel like i would have enjoyed a little bit more of her i don't know i would have enjoyed to see her undergo some more of a of a development yeah it's pretty much like it's not even like she has to be more confident with herself thing it's just kind of like yeah, it's more like it, the other characters that kind of have to learn to like appreciate her. It's sort of the arc. Yeah, of the which group. isn't necessarily like a, which isn't necessarily like a bad arc to have. Like that's sort of the basis for stuff like Superman, yeah. like people trying to comprehend how they act. But you have to be able to like properly establish some of that stuff, like. I think the main thing is, like, the topic of Mary Sue's is a very complicated one because it's, there's this large stigma of, like, it being sort of burdened with girl characters. And I I feel like, like, when, when people were talking about Mary Sue's initially, like, uh, people were under the misconception that Mary Sue's were bad because they have the whole story centered around them. When in fact, that's not necessarily the main that's reason. Pretty why much Mary like Su- all protagonists kind of have. This yeah, exactly. They're the protagonists. It's their story. Yeah, exactly. But what makes Mary Sue more boring and, for lack of a better phrase, problematic, is how it can sacrifice more interesting elements of the story in service of making them seem like the center of the universe. 
which I realize is kind of by design in a lot of these Barbie movies because Mattel, like, they gotta do stuff in service of the brand, so. Yeah, it's kind of those things, like, we mentioned in a lot of these Barbie movies, how Barbie herself has never really been, able, like, allowed to be, like, flawed or human. Instead yeah. of very, unless it's, like, in super generic, like, she's clumsy ways, you know? Yeah. And even then, like, in this movie, at least, she doesn't, like, get over that flaw. She doesn't really change at all. No. Yeah. So she ends up coming to this party after being late, and she's introducing herself to the other characters. Like, she's talking to Sally, and she and Sally seem to hit it off, and she's also talking to Leo, which she realizes, oh, oh boy, you're a prince. A prince and of what? Some random planet again. Yeah, like I how was I was kind of expecting <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how monarchies work either, but I was legit expecting like, oh, is Leo like Constantine's son? There'll be a lot of really interesting dynamics to be set there. Like, ooh, what if you did like a whole like, oh, I must be perfect because when your mother passed away or something like that. Like, you I see, though, like... if he was Constantine's son, then I would have to suspend my disbelief <laughs> that Constantine has ever fucked. And I don't think I can do that. Are you telling me that a man looking like Alan Cumming okay, cannot so get he it? He looks like Alan Cumming, but he does not have Alan Cumming vibes, you see? Okay. Okay, what t- sort of vibes do you get He's... off of him? He... I. I just don't think he's ever he's ever done it. I that's the vibes, you know. Okay. I feel like he's tried. Can you not believe that he just grew Leo in a test tube? Then he he would be a test tube father. I could see him having a test tube. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, I don't know, Leo. You got to own yourself. I think you can get it. So don't listen to her. It's it's okay. Own yourself. I'm sure if so, this was a popular be... movie, he would get all the fangirls. <laughs> I can I people can see be into it those clearly. shoulder pads. They do. They do. <laughs> oh god. So yeah, but at this party, at the same time, like we are also introduced to the twins, Sheena and Karina, and their whole thing is that one's blue, one's pink. Although they mentioned that they can change colors, even though I don't really remember seeing that as a part of any of this movie. I don't know. Uh, but interesting thing about Sheena and Karina, I don't know if you noticed this, but like the tips of their hands, they did an interesting thing with their texturing on their character models where there's a level of transparency on it and sparkle on it. And it gives this weird like, alien feel to it which i really appreciate yeah they're like, also they're the only main characters that are not human i believe because they got like that yeah. alien pastel skin so. yeah and their powers yeah. is that one of them can like make things lighter and float and one of them can make things heavier so yeah and, essentially oh gravity God. and reverse gravity yeah which is a cool power set that i would love to see them like 
do more things with in this movie. Like you said, it's very X-Men, but a weird thing about these two characters is that they got this weird codependence thing going on. Yeah, they got some creepy shining twins. Come play with us, Barbie. Yeah, they are literally telepathic with one another. They get sort of antsy when they're too far apart from one another. And, like, they insist on, like, holding hands at a lot of times. And it's... They don't like to be uh, physically away from each other. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a little bit. It's a little bit awkward. It's another thing in this movie. You probably don't want to think about it too much. Like I don't think that's what they were intending. Obviously not, but I mean, it's it's just a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, and of course, uh, at the party. Popcorn also sneaks in, which ends up being this recurring gag like six times in this movie, which, yeah. Popcorn. Cool. Popcorn in its first form is just kind of scary to me. I don't know. The roundness. It's too round. I just. I thought I like a popcorn. No, 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 no. Well, at least it's not as bad as the the companion from Mariposa and the Fairy Princess. That's at least yeah. it only speaks occasionally, in a very strange it, kind of manner, where most of the time it's nonverbal, but like twice, it like it does say words pretty close two times, and it's it's it is slightly unsettling. <sighs> but yeah, at the party. Everything's all prim and proper initially, but Barbie shakes things up, starting by making the nutcracker waltz that they're dancing to into like a party beat thing, and then doing some other stuff at dinner that's improper. Because they play... So the inclusion of the waltz of the flowers is making me think, is this like a... Like an after Earth situation, like it's like <laughs> no. the, like the world is dead, but like humanity has moved on. It's like that scene from like Doctor Who where they're like, "We shall now play a traditional ballad," and then it's like "Toxic" by Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would have been incredible. Or the more likely scenario, it was a public domain song. Yeah, but I imagine they also wanted to do another callback to Nutcracker in this movie. I do always like when they do callbacks. It makes us frequent Barbie movie movie watchers feel special for us stuck through it all this time. Yeah, the sunk cost fallacy has got to pay off. So, uh, but because of that, uh, they end up causing shenanigans and then later that night uh barbie laments to her dad over video chat that the king probably hates her oh yeah because and... like she starts doing like a hip-hop dance and then the yeah, king storms like in and said... he's all mad and he's like i don't allow the most improper in my town we have Bad mute dancing here, Footloose, Kevin Bacon, 
Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Barbie Footloose, that's that's another movie to add to the pile of things Mattel can pay us to write. Yeah. yeah. Uh but yeah, afterwards Barbie's talking to her dad. King probably doesn't like her. And But the dad is like, you like ketchup and sour gotta... cream and that relates yeah. to your situation maybe maybe that's where barbie got her whole like uh here is a story only tangentially related to your issues that i will now give you she just got it from her space dad yeah yeah i don't like the whole thesis of the movie is that like even if barbie fails like the important things is that she follows her heart and she says that the universe of... is sucked into a endless void <laughs> yeah yeah but <sighs> because of that she's <sighs> she's she's unsure of herself but then she sees Sally practicing outside and what happens is is that they and they end up uh let's see they have a yeah, bonding they... training montage yeah yeah and because of that they they seem to become friends and like it is here that Sally ends up kind of like She's cocky and she's overconfident, but she does seem nice enough. But she, I do like this one moment where she talks about, like, I'm doing, like, I decided to volunteer because, like, she seems to be the only one that seems to be taking this seriously enough, be aside from, like, the king, that the king seems to be in this for ego reasons more. Yeah, he's like, I must be else. the one who saves the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. But because of that, uh, there's, oh yeah, we didn't mention this one thing. Sally has a gimmick, like, alongside being this ace hoverboarder. She has, like, she's... super speed, but it never really comes into play at any moment, so it's like. Yeah, I don't know why it's they like... did this. Okay, so Sally, she can, like travel super fast just walking then why does she get on a hoverboard if she can go it's faster so she just, can fly but she could just yeah. go faster walking it's like it's like those like it's like when they give sonic a car is that something <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah or the flash mobile yeah like why would they need a mobile they are the mobile yeah, <laughs> yeah i think the main thing is that like flight is the factor yeah still yeah a bit but because of this late night training um oh wait at the late night training uh popcorn transforms just yeah you think that popcorn like transforming or something was gonna like lead up to something or have some plot significance or happen yeah, at a significant be something that moment. would show up in like the third act or something but no he just turns into a cat like midway through the movie and then he's yep. sad because he can't fly anymore 
Which means, like, this is really kind of a downgrade, you know? It's like yeah, a reverse I mean, cicada, you know? Yeah, I, I, I'm very curious to know what a pup... Like, it would have been interesting to see what other popcorns, like, turned into. Like, heck, even, like, seeing, like, a popcorn dog or parrot or something. I don't know, that seems like a merch opportunity. But because of that, she ends up going to those two random small fairy things and they make a jetpack for him. Yep, glad that was solved. Yeah, that 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 was a very necessary thing to take up like 5 minutes of your like 85 minute movie. <sighs> but because of that Again, Barbie this movie accidentally has, like you think there would be more time in this movie focused on them actually doing the big quest that they're leading up to, but yeah, it, like it's mostly. I'll, I'll say this: like we lamented some of the generic quest storylines that we ended up seeing in stuff like Fairytopia, Mermaid's Tale, and Mariposa. But I don't know. I feel like space as a setting leads to more interesting capabilities. Yeah, like I would, I would have enjoyed more time of them, like accomplishing a couple of other little tasks to. Instead of having them do certain things in the palace, having them do their training on certain planets in order to accomplish things in preparation for the mission. Hey, they wasted most of this movie's budget on their sparkle effects, so they could only make so many locations. <laughs> we'll get to the sparkle effects, because that's another, I guess, saving grace of the movie. But because of that, she's late for her first training session. Nope, nope, nope. And uh, the king pairs barbie and leo off for like basic defense reflex test and like a hand-to-hand -hand combat matrix situation okay leo talks about oh i'll go easy on you but even barbie though he is ass. not skilled at all at fighting yeah and this is some hashtag girl boss yeah this is some uh janky hand-to-hand -hand combat choreography they got yeah which is strange, because I don't remember this being much of an issue in Barbie's Spy Squad. Yeah, I mean, I guess they didn't really have a lot of, like, the style of combat in that movie. Yeah, that's true. It was mostly car chases that and stuff like that. That is one thing I thought about. This movie doesn't actually have, like, a villain in it, which I thought was interesting. No. You kind of you think that maybe the king is going to end up being a villain, but he doesn't really, so it's like... Yeah, he's he. It's for him. It's mostly that he's just too stuck in his own head to like really listen to other people. Which maybe that's why monarchy know, is a bad thing when you think about it. You know. You know when you think about it, you might be right. <laughs> but yeah, so Barbie ends up. Uh, the next part of the training is like a hoverboard race for some reason in order to simulate the sort of things that they would need to do in order to navigate to the heart of the universe. See, another example of a movie copying Spy Kids 3 Game Over. Pretty sure they also I'm have gonna... hoverboards in that one and also they have like a racing they do. sequence. They do. They do. It truly the was the, the be-all, end-all of all movies, the Spy Kids. Sure, that's a statement you can make. Um, but 
Yeah, they do this whole ch- they do this whole uh chase thing throughout the arena and uh it looks like like in certain sections of the racetrack uh the gravity is increased and the gravity is decreased and that gives Sheena and Karina that excuse me that gives Sheena and Karina a chance to like test out their powers and that's fine but because of that uh it ends up getting to a point where uh Sheena and Karina are thrown off their boards and they have to work together to stop Karina from careening ah, down to the floor. Uh-huh. So yeah, they do a uh they do some flip a dip things and flip a dip like, dip. Yeah. And I guess Sheena and Karina when they're holding hands can float. So yeah, they do that. Sheena and Karina but, are almost as OP as Barbie in this movie. I mean, you say that, but that's that'd be pretty like uh I think they Sheena and Karina have a similar power set to one of the characters in My Hero Academia, like the main girl. I don't know. Uh, I don't watch that. I'm not a weeb, so I don't know the anime is. Um... Neither am I, so... (laughs) Well, I'm a weeb insofar as that I love, like, J-Rock theme songs that I will listen to without ever watching the show, because my music preferences are weird. You still need to watch Beastars, though, okay? Mm, Perhaps. Perhaps. But uh, after the two of them are saved... Sally's still like, oh, race is still on, and they're racing. But, oh, Sally's about to hit a wall. And then there's this actually kind of cool moment where Barbie, like, slow-mo, like, zooms in and does, like, her hum thing to, like, dispel, like, the uh, wall that they're about to run into. By the way, another saving grace for this movie, like, uh, the training room thing, uh, the king has this cool thing where he like makes these cubes like shift around and like get into like yeah, it's like places. the the, the bots from big hero six yeah i don't know that i know that's a pretty standard animation thing that like a lot of high-end software can do nowadays but it still looked very cool and i good on you raymaker for pulling that off this movie does uh, have big hero six vibes too but without the traumatic family yeah. death you're not you're not wrong. Oh shoot! I'm sorry. This movie was actually made by Arc Studios. I, I I'm so used to who Arc Studios is affiliated with Rainmaker, but yeah, my bad. It sounds familiar. Uh, what have they worked on before? Uh, I mean, we talked about this a little bit ago, but uh, he they also did stuff for like The Loud House, uh, DC Superheroes, uh. Let's see, what else? Oh, yeah, they did... We talked about this last time. They did nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Barbie ends up saving Sally, and I think this... That was a nice moment in the movie because, like, it's the point where, like, uh, where Sally starts to actually respect Barbie and is, like, sort of gets a handle on, like, oh, okay, this is her vibe, and I'm... And 
Because of that, Sally is still sarcastic, but she's definitely okay playing Lancer to her and, like, being, like, deferring to her. And I think that's, like, actually a nice thing. Like, you do actually get a sense that, like, Leo, Sally, Sheena, Karina, and Barbie, like, they have a decent dynamic. Yeah, it's another of these things, like, man, this movie does feel like another backdoor pilot. Kind of wish yeah. it would have... Like, felt more thematically cohesive as, like, a movie standing on its own. Like, I mean, we get that moment that you mentioned in, like, the race scene where Barbie, like, helps, like, Sally with, like, her telekinetic powers. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like that would have wish some of that character stuff would have come up more in the climax of this movie. Or maybe, like, yeah, the climax like... would have just been more, I don't know, felt more, like, character significant character-wise. Because we yeah, can talk about the climax like, once we get there, but it just feels like it just builds up and then it just... Yeah, I have thoughts yeah, about the yeah, climax later on. It feel as strong as it should be. Yeah, but because of they succeeded in their training exercise, they're going to be doing their final test where they have to travel to a very desolate uh, planet in search of a creature called a starlin, which is like this... It's space dragon. It's like a dragon thing. cat, big baby face thing. Yeah, they try to make it cute, but it's kind of kind of creepy looking. I mean, it's not as creepy as say like the elephant in Island Princess, but yeah, it can yeah. also travel through space, so it's like a space whale situation. Oh, God, I, again, I'm now being reminded of like the space whales in Treasure Planet. <sighs> Wait, Treasure Planet had space whales. Yeah, they were in, like, the background. and Yeah, I must have missed that. <laughs> yeah. So, maybe I'm imagining it. Uh, but... Are Schrodinger they... space whales. They may be there, they may be <laughs> not. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. They, they're definitely there. Yeah, they're called, they're called Orcus Galactus. Did, did you just look that up? Is that like a is yeah. there a Treasure Planet wiki? It, it it's on the Disney wiki. Okay, Disney fans, you win this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, but so they travel to capture the Starlin, and um, all throughout this thing, we're now getting more of the character quirks that are on display and leo's quirk is that he's always eating yeah they kind of found out they didn't really give leo much of like a personality or point so they were like he likes food yeah which listener if you ever see a character in a cartoon and their main character trait is they like food know that they are the lowest priority when it comes to the writers he is kind of he does he is definitely the least cool member of the team. He doesn't have yeah, any powers. Like, he just pilots, but we never really see yeah, him he's do the pilot. any cool piloting things or like any difficult yes. piloting things. He's yes. he's just the chauffeur. He's just the driver. He like brings yeah, them to but, the Yeah, and they make a big deal talking about how he's like apparently the best pilot in the in the galaxy. But they never and, like, like showcase it. It's like you could have just gotten anyone to do this job. Like, what's so special yeah, about... exactly. Wait, uh, he's a prince. It's nepotism. 
You think like the king was like maybe he was talking to the other king about forming this group, and the other king was like, "You know, my son would be a good member of your team." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. We'll put him on. He can, he can, he can drive the car." <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, poor Leo. Leo, Rest this in movie peace, done Sean you dirty. Mendes. I'm sorry we put you in stitches now that you're without the kisses. Okay, anyway, so they try to so they try to find the starlin, but it's kind of hostile, but Barbie realizes, "Oh, we can lure it with music." So they they do some bongo stuff with their drums and not their drums, with their hoverboards and the Starlin is seems kind of hostile at first, but they pull a How to Train Your Dragon on it to make it seem like they're they're friendly. Like they even have that moment where like Barbie's reaching out and staring at him and it's coming closer, just like that one similar moment in How to Train Your Dragon. But oh, they activated the trap that they were supposed to get, but Barbie thinks that uh, Constantine is going to put this starlin in a zoo because they established that, like, King Constantine has, like, this zoo full of exotic animals. Yeah. You don't really uh, So get she into decides that, that she's going to let it go. <laughs> yeah. But Constantine didn't tell them why they needed this big puppy dragon. He- yeah, apparently a starlin is the only thing that can be used to surpass a certain solar field to get to the heart of the galaxy. And yeah, because of that, like, I mean, on one hand, I kind of understand Barbie's position of being like, with her limited amount of information, that seems like the decently right thing to do. But also like, I don't know. I feel like this. Th- there was a, probably a better way that they could have conveyed this. But regardless, yeah. Barbie is now dismissed from the team. And they pull out, and she pulls this whole, whole like, uh, you're a loose cannon, Barbie. You never follow the rules. Give me your space badge and space non-existent gun. And because of that, she's packing up, but... Um, she's initially thinking like, oh, I screwed it up and now I gotta yeah, go Because like home. the king revealed that like they needed the animal to like guide them through. Yeah, to get through the, it. To the yeah, center that. planet. Oh, I'm sorry. I spaced out a little bit. Ha, 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 yeah, no. ha, space. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so, but Barbie's all dejected, but then she listens to the music box and thinks, Oh, I know what to do. And so she just flies out there. And like. (laughs) Yeah, she's. Yeah, Barbie learns that she was really right all along. Yeah, that she was. And but at the same time, uh. Sally storms back in being like, you need to reinstate Barbie on the team now. 
she's got heart and she deserves to be the leader. He's but like, oh, is I'm not. the king. I do whatever I want. I got a permit. <laughs> yeah. But because of that, uh, Barbie burst in with the with the Starly. And because of that, uh, she is put back on the team. You're back on the team, so, Barbie. Yeah. And because of that, uh, they, the whole team sits down on a couch uh, reflecting on how, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're back together and we're going to be going out. They're and, in the conversation pits. Yeah, which, again... The set design is nice in this movie. Yeah. It's a little extra with their weird glowing wall cubes. And I do like that they have this weird little campfire that's made out of like these holographic balls. I don't know. It's a little detail that most people won't pick up on. But yeah, there's some fun animation effect. It's pretty cool. In general. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Like you can tell that like at this point, Ark was like, had just gotten access to like these new particle effects and they were really interested in like playing around with some of that stuff and and some good but because of that leah starts playing a song on the guitar and yep it's just an acoustic guitar it's not a space guitar or anything like that but yeah, of that, I don't know. Barbie... There was something just kind of funny about the dude just like pulling out just a regular acoustic guitar in the sci-fi, <laughs> being like, "Anyway, here's my Ed Sheeran cover." Yeah, I love even the though shape something of you. I want to note is that I earlier in the movie, that. they, ugh, God, in the earlier in this movie, they show off like these weird space utensils, as well as mentioning Space Ranch. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that moment where the dad was like, pass yeah, the space Barbie just ranch. Looks her, and it's just like, really? <laughs> space ranch? Just immersing me in this this mystical sci-fi realm you've woven for me, There was also just like, a funny moment that I saw that I forgot to mention when she was like looking at like what her dad had packed her. And he left like a post-it note and she was like, oh, look, paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This movie is clever sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess... Yeah. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention, she wore this special dress that her mom had to the party. Yeah. Yeah. Another that's sparkly the, that's the dress uh, that prom, goes prom to... dress. I kind of wish they yeah. would have gotten weirder with the fashion in some of these, because... I would have, too. Like, like, I... There's some weird fashion in the background, but aside from, yeah. like, the king and, like, Barbie's original outfit where she has like that weird like like this weird headset thing yeah you know I wanted yeah, to see I some fancy alien dress stuff. you know yeah they do have robots wearing dresses in the background and I guess it's implied so I guess like in this future they have established like peaceful AI human relations like like, the robots don't seem to be just like a servant class. They just seem to be like regular sentient beings. So that's cool. But because of that, they... Barbie and her friends sing this 
that same shooting star song that I can be anything I dream. You just gotta be in a team and believe in yourself. Yeah. So because of that, they end up having this dramatic slow motion walk up to the ship as Barbie's looking to the side. And Leo is just like eating a full tomato, just like a raw. (laughs) Is it a tomato? I thought it was an apple. It looked like a tomato to me, but it probably yeah, is an apple, insert... but it's funnier to think that it would be a tomato. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yes, you're not wrong. Um, but because of that, uh, they end up flying to the central planet first by having the uh, Starlin uh, like, make them pass through this weird polar solar vortex thing they don't explain how it works but whatever and they get into the central planet and we get to this cool crystal corridor that they have to fly through and this is where we start end up getting to the climax of the movie like i feel like something that would have made this story better is if they put more of a focus on developing the team dynamic yeah like you think that in this movie where they're all like teamwork makes the dream work maybe like the climax could have been like more focused on the team working together other than Barbie just like like, doing it all but you know like i wouldn't like we talked about how big hero six seems to be like a pretty similar story to this but i would have liked it to if they made it this movie more about like oh in order to get to the center of the galaxy we have to travel from planet to planet in order to do these things and along the way we gotta accomplish these goals and slowly become a better team unit. Like, you could have had a lot of similar beats where, like, Barbie uh, is, like, taken off the team and then comes back on. Like, you could have had a lot of these same beats, but I think because they keep it all centralized to the castle, it, I don't know, it, it ends up being, like, it ends up being underwhelming. Like, I would have, like, all Leo does is he just leisurely parks the ship in there. I would have thought it would have been so cool to have, like, a little Star, like, Star Wars Han Solo action of, like, oh, bo- oh, God, we gotta get through the asteroid field. Time to fly, baby. And they just, like, have some of that cool, like, ship flying and bobbing and weaving stuff. Or maybe which... just like have the, the super speed that uh, Sally has come into the plot. Or just like yeah, I don't or, know, just make it feel or... like more of a team effort other than just like yeah. Barbie, because Barbie is special and the chosen one. She saves the day just with her <sighs> just with Bobby and herself, you know? Yeah, but because of that, but what ends up happening is they get to the center of the planet and they established earlier that the king is going to have this thing called the statotron, which will establish an electrical field, which will cause the stars to align perfectly. And that would theoretically start to save the universe somehow. Again, not very well and Barbie, They established actual- early on that Barbie knows that this isn't going to work. But she doesn't say yeah, she anything. She doesn't do anything. She does just like, well. And she doesn't explain why this won't work. She's just like, I'm just going to keep this to myself. I obviously know yeah. more than I let on. But maybe you know. it's like, you would think that this would be a thing where she's like not confident enough to speak up. But 
Now she doesn't seem to have a problem opposing the king. Yeah. But, but what's he gonna do? Execute me? <laughs> I mean, she he does have teleporting power, yeah, so, so he could just like snap her his fingers and teleport her into the vacuum of space. Yeah. Yeah. But it's best not to think about it. Yeah. So. Here's so what ends up happening is he tries the statotron and it fails and it's causing all the stars to like all throughout this room you see like these little balls that seem to represent all of these different planets like uh and because it fails it causes the stars to burn out now if I was to become a script doctor to this something that I would want have them do is like what if they made like the star of the universe not the star the center of the of the galaxy like sentient in some way and because the king tries to control her it it ends up becoming hostile and like maybe the little ball things would start like trying to entrap them and all that stuff but barbie could be like oh we need to get to the heart if you can get me to the heart, I can calm it down with my song. And that would be an opportunity for, like, the rest of the team to help her out and they could do the whole teamwork makes the dream work. And then that's how we can save into the climax. I don't know. Yeah. But instead, all Barbie does is she just walks up to the heart, sings a song, and she starts dancing and... We basically get a let it go sequence where similar to Frozen, we get like these You're you're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. she does these weird one thing that I wanted to point out is that like, the animation effect that's established, like, there's this weird fractaling, like, where you see this particle spiral spiraling off, and it looks just ridiculously similar to the Elsa snow effect. And it's... It looks nice! Like, you see her, like, dancing around in the room, and she's floating around and having all these things spiral around, but it's, like... It's cool, but... It just feels a little unearned. Yeah, and I don't know. I just kind of wish they could have, like, just done something more substantial to this climax. Like, I guess the only yeah. really, like, character arc we get from this climax is, like, the king. Because he kind of learns that he was, like, wrong. And that he should have, like, believed yeah. in Barbie. even though he doesn't admit it, but whatever. Yeah, he kind of weasels out of it. He's like, yeah, I know my plan almost, like, ruined everything and fucked everything up. But I guess your plan was also worked, so that's good. It's like yeah, but because of her dancing, floaty, magical stuff, she resets the galaxy somehow, and uh, because of that, this magnetic store is clear, and uh, they return back to the home planet where Barbie is now named Princess Starlight. Yeah, so Barbie yeah. is a monarchist now. 
for uh, reasons. Yeah. So, I mean, you get the impression that I guess prince and princess might just be titles bestowed upon by the king. Yeah. Like I said, how does this government work? It's best not to think about it. Mm-hmm. But because of that, uh, they're, like, there's actually a, a kind of nice moment where they're back in the ship and we get to see, like, the stars glowing in the galaxy looking, like, all pretty. Like, again, this is a very beautiful movie. And, like, uh, like the king remarks how you're impetuous, you're unruly, you don't follow orders, and you've saved us all. Like, it's, it's that whole, you're a loose cannon, Barbie. Dang it, you get results. <laughs> now get the hell out of my space office. Yeah. That's very good. That's so, very good. yeah. But the movie ends with this one party once again where they're all dancing and now the king is now not mad and Barbie tries to do special dance and he... Oof, I'm reading the Barbie movie wiki, y'all, and I don't want to throw too much shade on who edited it, but there are some typos here. The movie closes with everyone, everybody dancing, and the king, now not mad at Barbie, tries to follow Barbie danning footsteps, and he finally got it, and they all lived very happily. Happily spelled H-A-P-P-E-L-Y. Hey, don't disrespect the heroes at the Barbie movie wiki. We That's true. That's true. <laughs> I just want to also point out that they spelled uh, footsteps uh, F-O-O-T-S-T-P-E-P-S. Footsteps. Oh, yeah. Did we ever mention yeah. that Sally comes from a planet called Upper Ploop? Upper Ploop? Or... <laughs> <laughs> she does call... She is from Upper Plup. Oh, one other detail about Sally. Uh, she has this really cool hair design where she's got like, like they let her have her natural curly hair because once again, we got more people of color in these movies. Cool, Mattel. And it's like this cool, like natural wavy hair with like a couple of cornrows on the side. And it's like purple hair. It looks cool. Cool character design. It's a shame that, like, throughout the movie, like, she switches between this and a very generic, like, ponytail. But, I don't know, I guess black hair is too hard to make dolls out of Mattel. Hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so this movie, um, honestly, as flawed as it is, I kind of just admire this movie just on principle for like what it tries to do and just all like the yeah. aesthetic choices like, they made, you know? Yeah, your comparison earlier to Jupiter Ascending is a very apt one because it feels like there is a, I don't know. It feels like a very well-intentioned movie that they wanted to try different things and 
like they had a very clear visual artistic decision but because of like kind of weird pacing and a lack of structure within their overall story the overall product ends up suffering but you know what jupiter ascending has its fans for like a good reason and this movie by golly it's nowhere near as weird as jupiter ascending but by golly it it's up there if only it had a sean bean but he was like a b-man that would really put yeah this movie oh also also weird thing that the that occurred like when when sal when barbie was taken off of the team she eventually comes back to which sally says nice pink streak to barbie to which she responds, oh, it's back. But, that was so weird. Like, what? Yeah. Like, is this like a mermaid, like a mermaid tail thing? Where like, yeah. Like- Even the Barbie movie wiki does not know why her pink streak disappeared briefly. Is it like a it's troll situation where they like lose color? Like, again, this yeah. movie just has so much lore that just does not go, does not go explained. I feel like. I don't know. You get the impression that there were certain plot beats that ended up like getting cut out the closer they got to the release, and mm. yeah, don't know. It definitely, definitely has to be one of the weirder of the Barbie films that we got. But you know, yeah. I mean, I didn't hate it. Yeah, it's it's. I say it's like a solid like C plus tier. Yeah. And I think, like, there is definitely a lot to appreciate about this movie, just in the way. Yeah. There was definitely just a lot of effort just put Mattel in the artistic direction of it, you know? I yeah, exactly. That. Like, yeah. Arc Studios, by golly, you tried something, and it wasn't, like, like crazy, but crazy great but you know what it's it was solid enough so yeah what 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 do you uh rate this one let me think for a second i rate this uh three space whales out of five hmm okay i rate this a popcorn out of 10 it's somewhat visually appealing it inexplicably changes without much uh it inexplicably changes without much uh established identity and you feel like it got to a certain point before it was supposed to yeah i can see that yeah I, I also would give it a uh, Channing Tatum as a dog man slash bird man. <laughs> and uh, scream whispering Eddie Redmayne out of five. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I definitely would recommend people check this one out just to like. Because it definitely is one of the more interesting of, like, the recent Barbie movies and just how it, like, 
like, I don't know. I always have an appreciation for, like, weird, like, children's, like, sci-fi stuff that's, like, a bit out there, you know? And I think if you're yeah. looking for something like that, this movie could uh, potentially fill that void. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I'm sure that plenty of fanfic writers got a lot of mileage out of Sally and Barbie. Mm. Actually, I will say, this movie, like... This movie does seem like rife ground to like make plenty of fanfics because you got this infinite universe with all these like pre-established planets and worlds and like you can like create all these different like special adventures where Barbie and the team have to go to that. Like you could essentially make your own Star Trek like stories where the team goes to a planet and you can explore different character dynamics there. Mm. I don't know. Definitely. I don't know. I just miss sort of, like, kids kind of, like, action, adventure, fantasy shows, you know? I mean, yeah. I guess yeah. we do got the Dragon Prince. We do got the Dragon Prince. We got... I mean, we got some types of stories like Infinity Train, question mark, and... uh, I mean, I hear... Oh, God, there's an upcoming show that there's a lot of hype around it. I don't know. Like, I know that there are other, like, shows that are trying to fill that mark. Oh, there's that upcoming HBO Max Adventure Time spinoff in space. There's a space Adventure Time spinoff? Yeah, it's called Adventure Time Distant Lands. It's going to be on HBO Max, and it's about Bemo, like, saving this alien civilization. It sounds fun. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's got like a lot of the same crew on it. So if anything, if anything, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's gonna do it for us now. Thank you for joining us on this star cruised adventure. We uh, truly did you... boldly go where no Barbie podcast has gone before. Yes, based on. All of the other Barbie movie podcasts that we've seen so far, none of them have gotten to this point. I think, like, we're the furthest ahead in the Barbie canon, so... It is the cross we have to bear. Yes. No sh Yeah, no shade to the other Barbie podcasts. Why don't we say that, by the way? You guys... You guys keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But if you enjoy the stuff that we're doing down in the pink aisle, there are a couple of things that you can do. Hey, Emma... Yeah. You got a Twitter. Uh, I don't really post anything on it, but you can follow you it if well, you want to. Yeah, follow our Twitter. Yeah. That's the th listener, that's your that's your thing. That's your mission this week. I mean, don't, follow don't her feel obliged, but if you want to. Well, I'm just saying like when you're when you're posting your work online, I suspect that your writing is going to be posted on that. So, yeah. And people should be exposed to the great writing that you do. Well, thank you. Anyway, uh, check out Henry. Uh, he does cool uh, YouTube stuff. I do do cool YouTube stuff. It's, it's, yeah, I do all the types of things. I wonder how many people who listen to this podcast also watch my YouTube videos, but... Um, Leave your answer in the comments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, you can look.
look at my stuff uh, first by following me on Twitter at Kathleen Henry or following my uh, Tumblr portfolio page, uh, henrykathman.tumblr.com, which has pretty much everything from uh, podcast, uh, video links, all that stuff. And my YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash henrykathman, which I do my video essays and all the other stuff. Uh, Also, I'm the designer for uh, a Powered by the Apocalypse uh, version of Infinity Train, as a tabletop RPG. So if you're a fan of Infinity Train, that's also posted there. And all of these things, this crazy amount of things I do on the internet, all of that is supported through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Henry Kathman, where just, <coughs> Patreon.com slash Henry Kathman, where just $1 a month, you get access to exclusive content early, as well as helping me pay the bills. As I do this crazy thing. Help them pay the bills. But, do it. Yeah. But until next time, uh, you can also follow uh, the Pink Owl podcast uh, at Pink Owl Pod on Twitter. And feel free to give us a rating. Follow us on Spotify. Support us how you want on all the podcasting platforms that you're listening to. Uh, but yeah. The next movie we're going to be watching, Emma, do you do you know what it is? Uh, probably Puppy, whatever, right? Yeah, it's going to be Barbie and her sisters in a puppy chase, which is going to be following the puppies and as they go on a world tour adventure. A world tour, huh? This will be. Uh... I, at least I think so. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting, but. Uh, until then, uh, we want to thank you all for joining us on these, the voyages of the SS Pinkahel. But until then, Ensign Emma, activate warp drive to further reaches. Ready, Captain. Make it so. Goodbye. Bye.